Hello and welcome to another episode of the Equoc Chat podcast, the podcast that aims to open the door by telling inspiring stories about the horse world. So today I am so excited to share this story with you. This is Nadia, who is a very old friend of mine from uni. She has such a cool concept for her business, which is all to do with both equine and human behavior. She is one of these people that you meet that is just so incredibly in tune with both people and horses. There's literally no better person I could imagine to be doing this job. I'm not going to bother introducing her anymore. I'm just going to let you listen to her because we have an awful lot of chat for you. Nadia, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and phoning in all the way from Europe. Um, I was trying to work out how we actually met each other when I was looking at, at getting you on. And I think we met at a psychology society drinks thing. Is that is that what you remember too? Uh, yes. Yes, actually. I was trying to think <laughs> about this myself earlier. And I was like, I think I met her at the yard, but actually you no. You did. We, we met we met at the yard and then met again at the society or the other way around? I think it was the other way around because I think I met you and then literally like the next week you appeared like at the stables and I was like, oh my God, it's you. I didn't oh, know yeah. you were horsey. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> it. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you've had a really interesting time since since uni what is it that you have gone on to do after so I guess for some context you studied human psychology didn't you you did a BSc first yeah yeah what was it that you went on to do after so basically I I'll break I'll break this down in in chronological (laughs) order uh (laughs) so currently I am running a business that I've called connect equine which is basically a behavior consulting coaching and training business um I also like to think of it as a holistic support system for leisure riders or professionals um so i started off definitely yeah as you remember doing my bachelor's in psychology human psychology uh in edinburgh and then after uni i came i moved home and uh started working at a riding school uh with my with my coach um and i was doing this part-time while i was studying an equine science master's uh with the university of edinburgh so that was online which is uh super cool so i was doing both things part-time for about three years Mm -hmm. Um, and then the school I was working at uh, closed down and I went freelance uh, on my training business um, and finished off my my master's and then went back to finish my human psychology journey Um, had a few life mishaps we'll say uh, (laughs) and landed myself at an online Swiss uni to finish my psychology masters which I'm now doing my last year cool um and so your like your online masters that you're doing just now is that sort of like sports psychology what sort of psychology is that it's uh it's specifically aimed around health psychology cool uh which is really cool because it's all about how to help people change their bad habits basically so yeah. uh, helping people um you know lose weight stop smoking uh, get up earlier mm-hmm. uh, all the all these types of things and it also goes pretty deep into uh trauma and all of this stuff so it's actually yeah. pretty well-rounded yeah uh, I'm loving it uh, it's definitely helping my my business and my in-person coaching as well yeah definitely it sounds like it's something that would be really like applicable to so many riders <laughs> oh yeah 
<laughs> definitely so what sort of what sort of things is it that you do within the business that you have with horses now so like I said I have various uh, kind of aspects to my business so I have your kind of normal coaching side where I'm going out to um, people with their own horses and giving them riding lessons basically mm-hmm. um, then I have the training part of the business where it's more where I'll have the person that I'm coaching with their horse but I'll also be training the horse once or twice a week Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the behavior consulting where people will be contacting me for a specific behavioral issue. So, for example, that their horse won't load in the trailer. Yeah. Um, and then we're working on a very different kind of, it's not necessarily a weekly thing. So I'll have an initial consultation where I'm taking the horse's history, mm-hmm. uh, understanding their environment, etc., and developing a program to help tackle the behavior. Generally, the idea with that is that uh, once we've kind of addressed that behavior, they don't need me anymore and on we go mm-hmm. with our respective lives. <laughs> what tends to happen though is that um i'll have somebody come in for uh coaching or behavior consultation and then they never leave (laughs) (laughs) you just cling on to them (laughs) yeah well what tends to happen um for example with uh, some of my behavior colleagues in the uk uh, is that they're, they're not coaches as well so they'll yeah. be working with the horse and the rider or the, the owner on a specific issue and then they'll hit a plateau where mm-hmm. they kind of have to transfer the um the pairing back to the coach mm-hmm. um, and that transition can be quite difficult because sometimes the, the switch in approach or just the general kind of vibe doesn't really match anymore yeah uh so what tends to happen is that these people then want to stay on with me for coaching mm-hmm. basically just like general so, riding yeah exactly general riding um sometimes they've asked me also to take the horse on once a week mm-hmm. uh and so that that is kind of then when it comes into the sort of holistic support system that I was mentioning. Yeah, that's really cool. I like the concept of a holistic support system because I can think that there's lots of people that I can that I know of in the horse world that could definitely benefit from a holistic support system because it can just be so important like as a horse owner to have someone that's like part of your world but not part of your friendship group like isn't too close to the problem to kind of give yeah. you some some advice. I guess what what sort of things do you find yourself advising people on or helping them with? So I do I do quite a lot of nutrition this is something that I studied within my master's degree as well and I I I chose to specialize in behavior because that was what was what I loved the most yeah but nutrition was a a close second so I could also go into you know consulting in nutrition if I wanted to but I just made the choice not to do that yeah but for for my clients um you know I can have a look at their horse's feed and you know make informed decisions about what would be better for them so very Mm. often before they make kind of big choices like that they'll ask me for for help um just you know ask me to kind of double check their their thinking um very often they ask me also to be there for vet consults or body work or saddle fitting mm-hmm. um because they are very often kind of completely lost in the professional jargon mm-hmm. and because they trust me they like to have me there to make sure that they're not you know missing out on any important information that they're asking the right questions etc yeah. so i liaise a lot with the with the full team around the horse yeah which i love mm-hmm. i love doing that because i love working with uh, with other professionals as well and uh learning ever more details about everything 
So. Yeah, I think the thing with horses is everything is so interlinked. Even oh, yeah, though, definitely. like, even though you sort of you specialize in the behavior, you can't look at the behavior without looking at the feeding, and you can't look at the behavior exactly. without looking at the saddle fit, without the farrier, without the exactly. bodywork, without everything, because everything exactly. feeds into each other. So it must be it must be so so helpful for your clients to have that. What was I, like? I mean, your, sorry, go on. Yeah, go for it. No, no, go for it. Go for it. You you said exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, what was your inspiration for getting into that as a field of work? My horse. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? You've got many. my own horse. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have. I have four. Three that are mine, and then my mum's pony. Cool. Um, my first horse, Sherlock, was uh, by far my inspiration for Aww. everything that I'm doing now. Yeah. It sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. That he's uh, he. I always say he was not an easy horse. Like he's not here anymore. He's still here, but he's mm-hmm. just not difficult anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he really made me work to kind of figure him out, and yeah, not not in any kind of drastic way, but it, he, he just was kind of very distant and closed off with some kind of big behavior sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just always had this sense of like I will figure this horse out. Like he's mm-hmm. he's my horse. You know, I've dreamt of this my entire life. There's no way that we're not going to have you know the bond that I've always dreamed of. So he inspired you know my entire approach. Um, yeah. And literally, Connect Equine wouldn't exist without him. And even just the, the the name of my business comes from all the times that I've learned from horses, you know, that we have to connect to ourselves mm-hmm, and definitely. how we strive to connect with, with the horses as well. And that's all thanks to him. So it's cliche, but it's true. Cliches are cliche for a reason. I, I love Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it was the same for me though. Like when I got into massage, it was because of a horse that I had on loan that had loads of soundness issues. And it was only through having her that I started to learn about biomechanics and stuff. And it became like a bit of an obsession. And you do just it just takes that yeah. one horse, doesn't it, to kind of inspire yeah, you totally. to go down a whole a whole avenue totally. of stuff that you just wouldn't have unlocked otherwise. Absolutely. Um absolutely. What is like the ethos that you kind of have for your business if if there is one uh so i always say that the horse comes first literally mm-hmm. always um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um it might sound kind of easy to say that way but it's actually not always that easy it's not uh, that straightforward is it act- no it's not that straightforward but I, that is really what i'm committed to so i i very often say to people that i feel like i'm just there as a translator between the horse and the person yeah and that it's really the horse that guides the way to, you know, whatever needs to be worked on, whatever needs to be addressed. So I really kind of promote being an advocate for for the horse at every step of the way and, mm-hmm. you know, pushing welfare and understanding from a place of compassion, basically. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. When you were talking about Sherlock, what was the thing that kind of made you connect to him then what was the key for you well i mean i think maybe an example is probably the easiest way to show sure. that like he he's 21 now i got him when he was 13 mm-hmm. and he he is a gelding right but every springtime he forgets that detail <laughs> right so come springtime he gets really 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 quite difficult to manage mm-hmm. um and the first spring t- spring that came around when he was mine i was in way over my head mm-hmm. because i all of a sudden had a stallion on my hands <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah and i was like what do i do with this 
<laughs> and he was just really I mean he was just he was really really like electric and mm. distracted by everything and mm. like there was separation anxiety the second he was away from from any man that he was relatively close to and he was just kind of all over the place and in my space and I was like what what do I do with this <laughs> what what like what do I do with this and I just kind of instinctively figured out how to get his attention on me like no matter what kind of mood he was in or what might be going on around him or mm-hmm. us um I just instinctively went went to his brain mm-hmm. right rather than kind of making myself small or falling off to the wayside I was just like okay buddy I see that you're super stressed so let me just come into your space and help you out yeah and being able to do that kind of from the first issues that we had um it didn't ha- I mean it didn't happen immediately but he yeah. very quickly just learned to just settle when he was around me and that no matter what happens around him when he's with me he's fine yeah that's so interesting because I think it's, it's the key you're right like you've got to get into their head and you have to get into yeah. their head at a time before they've got to a point where they can't let you in so it's, yeah it's that point isn't it of like finding the sweet spot where you're like we're pals like we can we can do this together but if you go but if you go too far like I can't come with you because I'm not there so yeah yeah, definitely like getting that connection at that level is so important definitely Um, and also when you have when once you have that connection established it's very rare that they go so far that you can't go with them because they always are true and that's what that is really the 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 cornerstone of of the way that I work Mm -hmm. and it's interesting as well there's lots of different ideas around equine behavior and I I think thankfully some of them are kind of going out of date now but that concept (laughs) the the concept of having to dominate or be the boss you're never going to win if that's what you go for no way no way I mean, what what you'll what you'll have at best is a horse that does what you want because it's scared of consequences. Yeah, which is yeah. not at all what I want. Yeah, and I think that comes back, doesn't it, to like of the human being the boss, but the human being the boss means that the human can then never make a mistake, and it yeah. means that it reduces the horse, doesn't it, to Absolutely. an object rather than allowing them to have that sort of sentience. And that, and that sentience is the key to a successful partnership because exactly. if the horse can't think in a situation, then it can't respond appropriately. Exactly, and this is a. Uh, what I have developed is a kind of like I'm I'm always working towards a 50-50 partnership with my horse yeah, always and yeah, this is what I I am forever going on about this in my in my in my lessons and my business mm-hmm. and in person with my clients like mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it, if anybody uh listens to this uh they will be laughing right now uh <laughs> but I'm always always talking about the 50-50 partnership because yeah that is what I want I want a partnership I want my horse to be able to carry their 50 percent and I want to be able to yeah. carry my 50 percent but you don't have that straight away. You have to work towards it. And it's up to us as the humans to kind of carry like the 80% to start with, to yeah. explain to the horse how things can work, what the options are, yeah. you know, to be consistent, be clear and, you know, be be there regularly with the same set of rules, the same set of explanations. And progressively they start carrying their load as well. And then on days where you make mistakes or you're not perfect, they step up. Yeah, definitely. Like they, they really, really, do if you've put that work in you can have you know the the crappest day of your life sorry if I'm not allowed to swear you're like so <laughs> <laughs> um you can you can be having you know the worst 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 day of your life and your horse can literally be like it's okay I got you 
Yeah, definitely. And it's such a lovely feeling when they do step up yeah. because they always do. If, yeah. If you've got oh, they them. always do. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they never let you down. And I think yeah. it's really it's really simple that some things that can help instill that in them. Like I remember when I first got Bella, I was like, for me, it was really important that I was going up every morning and turning her out. And for me in my head, that was something that I had to know that she knew that I was going to be showing up for her every single day and it was yeah. something as basic as that I honestly yeah. think has been part of what has cemented that uh, relationship ab- absolutely absolutely just c- like pure consistency from the human absolutely end it's so easy to like overlook and I think it's, there's a I mean yeah. it's just it's it's everything because it's you know if you're if you're having great training sessions but you're not there for your horse outside of the training sessions mm-hmm. okay well great you're having great training sessions but you're missing a whole aspect to mm-hmm. you know the, the the dimension of the relationship with the horse because mm-hmm. if you're like you like you with Bella if you're there every morning to turn your horse out if you're you know say if you're there every evening to feed your horse or if you're there you know 85% of the time you know mm-hmm. in the same way you know they they just they learn to to rely on you you know they learn mm-hmm. to, to lean on you that they can trust you and that you know for a prey animal is so 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 important mm-hmm. and it's not to say that you obviously like can't go on holiday or you can't have your friends look after your horses or things like that no, but I think not. but I think building that foundation is essential yeah. to a successful relationship with your horse yeah definitely for sure but, I mean there there's that that as well that makes me think of uh the first time that I went away after I got my mare mm-hmm. and this was still quite early on in my journey and mm-hmm. I had been I think with her pretty much every day like you know brushing her leading her around just do, just doing stuff with her and then mm-hmm. I went to Australia for three weeks mm-hmm. and when I came back uh I, I went down to the field I brought her up and I started lunging her mm-hmm. and she stopped like faced me on the lunge and she reared and she'd never done that before and I was like what is happening here mm-hmm. and she just felt you know again just she she didn't feel right so you know I took, yeah. I took the lunge off I took a step back and I looked at the last you know month or so and I was like oh okay you know I've been I've been there for her really really consistently and then I just vanished for three weeks mm-hmm. and now I've just reappeared and gone to get her and expected her to perform exactly as you had done three weeks ago exactly and she was like wait a minute wait a minute exactly (laughs) exactly and she was like what but where have you been like we need to have a conversation about this exactly where where have you been like (laughs) and and it was funny it's the only it's the only time she's ever reacted that way um you know when I've been absent for a while because what I've done ever since it may sound stupid but you know I've actually gone to see her and I said I'm going to be away for this amount of time this Mm -hmm. is how you know your life is going to look while I'm not here but I would Mm -hmm. Back, mm-hmm. you know and I don't I, I don't know whether it's uh you know just my energy or you know I'm, I'm convinced that they they understand so much more than we think they do definitely and like without a doubt she just you know she's just she's really calm now every time that I'm away and you know there's absolutely no disruption in her behavior there's no disruption in her in her inner balance like she's fine yeah um but because she she knows now also over time that every time I I leave for a certain amount of time I'm always back and I'm always back in the same consistent way like she's always she always gets her food she always gets her cuddles she always has the same energy from me the rules are always the same like she's never one day allowed to like push into me and then the next day not it's always consistent and so she feels safe no matter 
whatever you know what what that looks like yeah. in terms of how often I'm there or how often I'm not there yeah because the, the foundation is solid yeah and there's there's something to be said about well what, what you said about energy like yes you go up to her and you and you'd verbally tell her all of these things and obviously although verbally she doesn't understand the concept of I'll be back in a week yeah but that yeah. that that you transmitting your energy to her of you saying I'll yeah. be back in a week, she understands like what that means, and yeah. it's it totally sounds a bit woo woo if you don't get it. But I like yeah. totally understand what you're saying because like honestly, there is... the lo- the longer the longer you're in horses, the 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 more profoundly you understand this. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and I think from like human perspective, like it just makes it, it's unless you're with horses all the time, like you don't necessarily get it. But that ability yeah. to kind of tap into your own energy energy and make yourself aware enough of what it is that you want to communicate to another animal that can't understand you yeah that way of transmitting your energy to something is like how you is how you communicate and it's so important for like yourself as an individual which I think is why it's so cool that you've kind of gone on the path that you have because obviously all of that work that you're now doing like with your sort of human psychology it's it's all just so interlinked it kind of brings so interlinked yeah it kind of brings me on to like the next thing that I was wanting to talk to you about which was your sort of standpoint on rider mindset so I know you said it's sort of it's you see it as like a 50 50 thing but from like a trainer's point of view do you find yourself doing more work with the horse or more work with the human (laughs) oh man this could be quite controversial so if (laughs) any of my clients actually do listen to this I love you guys (laughs) so I would argue honestly that about 75% of the time um the rider has to be tackled first yeah um I think that um generally the horses have always been the kind of simpler side of the equation Mm -hmm. you have to meet the person where they're at in order to help both the horse and the rider long term yeah like where Um, they're at in life exactly where they're at in life where they're at you know with 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 their knowledge about all things horses Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean just kind of everything because also has to be said that science has really made leaps forward these last Mm -hmm. years you know in terms of saddle fit nutrition Mm-hmm. behavior uh you know it gets really that there's so much new information out there and you know you can't expect everybody to keep up with that if, mm-hmm. especially if you're not um you know a professional mm-hmm. uh and so you don't necessarily know straight off the bat what they what they know what they don't know and you know the worst way to push somebody away is to come at them with everything they don't know in the first half hour of meeting them yeah because they just end up feeling completely you know looked down on and it's so completely defeats the point so you really have to meet the person where they where they're at at that moment and kind of test the waters you know see what they're open to um you know build some trust so you can actually help them more than they might be aware of when they first contact you Mm -hmm. and i think that probably the the best way to kind of illustrate just how potent the human mindset is is uh i've actually just launched um my first online meant like mindset coaching program for riders idea. and I've had a few people say to me what well, how, how like how do you even do that online mm. and it's actually it's purely mindset coaching mm-hmm. because what we bring to our horses it either makes or breaks the session we're doing or even yeah. just you know just spending time with them so there's so much work to be done on the human mindset you know mm-hmm. approaching training dealing with frustration 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, planning your progress, that there's just so much going on that needs to be worked out and, and tackled. And a lot of mm-hmm. the time when that mindset stuff is addressed with the human, mm-hmm. things get, they get better very fast with the horse as well. Yeah. That's such a good idea doing online sessions because it just really requires people to show up for themselves. And that's yeah. like absolutely key to like the sort of personal growth and development that you say like is so essential to kind of achieving the success with the horse. Absolutely. Do you find that quite a challenging thing to do? Because obviously like the horses are, are your thing, but when you're dealing with people, like people come with all sorts of trauma and issues that how, how equipped do you feel to kind of deal with all of that? I actually, I actually really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the advantage and the strength that I have as a coach um that I have both the psychology training yeah and and you know and the 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 horse training the yeah. training all of that as well because I actually you know if somebody comes in and, and says well you know I'm feel I'm feeling fine today and the horse is very clearly saying she's not fine mm-hmm. um you know I have the the, the kind of soft skills to you know dig a little deeper and see yeah. you know truly how that person's feeling and then if a whole bunch of heavy stuff comes out which sometimes it does mm-hmm. um you know I can hold space for for that as well and then yeah. you know it might it might be 15 minutes of you know talking through some some super super personal stuff for the client yeah. and then they you know they feel much better and then we can have a really great session w- with the horse yeah yeah and it's so important sometimes just to get all of that out and I imagine yeah like, encounter people are like oh my god I'm so sorry that I've just like sh- I've just like trauma dumped on you and <laughs> I've shared all of this stuff but you're like no you literally if, if you're telling me this like you obviously had to get it out and that had no room in the saddle yeah um, definitely I mean I think one one thing that I would say very much about this is uh there's this old saying where we say leave your leave your problems out of the saddle exactly yep definitely but the the thing is is some sometimes when we operate from that standpoint um we actually also we're not authentic when we come yeah. to when we come to be in the saddle and the horse that's says true. that yeah and it's actually better to come come to the saddle and say I feel like absolute crap you know yeah. this is going on this is going on this is going on I'm not in you know I'm not in good energy today whatsoever so we're just going to do something super cool yeah you know taking off all expectations all pressure and we'll just see how it goes and actually the sessions usually go much much better when someone's able to say I feel like crap rather than saying I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine when all of this stuff is boiling up underneath because the horse the horse is cool bullshit very fast yeah i mean it's, it's just it always comes back to energy though doesn't it because if you've yeah, got all oh, that totally. bubbling up underneath the surface you've then you're creating this this sort of tension within you trying to suppress all of that and exactly. that's energy that you're kind of carrying in you that the yeah. horse can pick up on and the horse exactly. won't necessarily understand they're like is that tension that that is that directed at me is that at yourself exactly. like they're exactly they're aware enough to sense it, but they don't necessarily know why it's there. And that can then cause exactly. behavior in them. Exactly. And the best the best example that I have of this is um, a good few years ago, I had a, a client um, with a, a young horse and uh, we were doing some confidence building, going out hacking on her own and stuff. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we had a, a session scheduled where we were, you know, going out. She was on her horse, I was on foot, and we were doing mm-hmm. some. I guess you can also refer to it as interval training. So I would send yeah. them off, you know, the trot a little bit away from me, and then they would trot back to me, and then trot further away, and then back. And the horse was building confidence up that way. Mm-hmm. And so she, when she arrived, my client, I felt that she was, 
you know, not at all how she usually was. You know, so I asked if she was okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, I said, okay, you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. No problem. Um, I'd been working with her for a while at, at this at this stage, so I could see clearly that she was not okay yeah. at all. And um, you know, I didn't I didn't push it, but I said, listen, if you're not feeling up to it, you know, we can always do something else. Are you sure you want to ride? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's go. Let's do what we plan, etc. So you know, she she insisted said okay let's go and um the first kind of half i would say good half a half an hour of the session outside the mare was absolutely honestly just electric mm-hmm. uh she was whereas usually she was really calm you know the, the whole kind of work was going really well um yeah. on the whole and this day it was really messy and it was just it was just not good and i i gave the girl an out a few times and she didn't take it Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I I went with her and you know tried to do my best to kind of help help the session be positive. Yeah. And then uh, we got to a point in the forest, and I remember this like it was yesterday because it just blew me away. And the mare, she just stopped dead in the middle of this beautiful path, <laughs> and she like lifted her head up towards her owner, and the owner like you know she put her leg on plucked for for the horse to go forwards you know the, the mare wasn't having it she was stock still mm-hmm. and my client kind of looked at me like what do I do mm-hmm. and I said that just you know lie down on her neck put your arms around her and just breathe mm-hmm. and I took quite a number of steps back and just gave them space mm-hmm and I could see within a few seconds that my client had started crying. Mm-hmm. And I think they maybe stayed like that for about five minutes or so. But I mean, this is a, a young horse we're talking about that, you know, yeah. didn't have an enormous amount of experience out hacking. Not very good and standing she, still. Exactly. And just she stood absolutely immobile in the middle of the forest with her owner just, you know, sobbing into her mane. Mm-hmm. And then you know, at some point very gently, she just raised her neck again and she kind of very gently pushed her owner up upright Aww. in the saddle. And she just, she heaved this massive sigh, the mare, mm-hmm. and just started walking very calmly towards me and Aww. put her head on my chest. And my client kind of looked at me like completely aghast and she said, yeah. what just happened? <laughs> and I said, well, um, she's just dealt with today's lesson so we're just gonna go now your horse just gave you an emotional heimlich is what happened yeah yeah pretty much and it's just it's just amazing it was just amazing and there have been so many moments like that yeah it's just amazing yeah it's it must be so rewarding for you to see and because because of how you are as a person like i just can't imagine anyone like better to do this job because i just thank you like i just know how much you care and i know just how tapped into it all you are that means a lot (laughs) my next question was what do you find the most rewarding thing about your work but i mean (laughs) well i mean yeah it's it's moments like that i just uh, carry with me forever basically and you know seeing seeing horses just kind of flourish and become these confident happy you know self-assured beings uh it's just it's just so special and then you know also seeing the owners become more aware of the, the globality of their horse you know not just yeah. the one aspect but, but really becoming horse people not just yeah. riders but horse people and yeah. seeing that 50 50 partnership you know yep. form between the two is just uh definitely the the best bit for sure yeah i think it's just for me like that's what it's all about like that's that's the reason we have horses is, is that relationship they are your friends first and foremost they're your family they're like yeah absolutely this, 
interlinked part of who you are as a person um, and okay. I, I don't know I guess it can be a quite a hard thing to sort of to juggle sometimes I guess that sort of duality that exists between we buy a horse to perhaps do a certain job but yeah. they become so much more than the role that they were bought to fulfill yeah and exactly it can be it can be really challenging obviously when that horse for whatever reason like maybe can't do the thing that you yeah had bought them for but by that your average sort of horse person that maybe isn't wanting to go out and compete all the time like there's still so much reward to be gained from yeah. any relationship that you have with a horse there's no yeah, horse like, that you'll meet that won't teach you something and no, I also sure. I'm one of those people that believes like every horse comes into your life for a reason I was gonna say exactly the same thing <laughs> great mind I was gonna say again. exactly yeah I was gonna say exactly the same thing because honestly no matter what the journey is with your horse whether you know whether it becomes what you actually kind of always dreamed it would be or yeah. not yeah. um I have seen so many pairings at this point mm -hmm. that you know I I just I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we all have the horses that we need even if they're not necessarily the horses that we wanted definitely and I think that they come into our lives at certain times for that reason because absolutely uh, yeah like we've, we've all had horses that we maybe didn't we struggled with at the beginning or we had sort of turbulent times with but yeah through persevering and overcoming those issues we just learn so much about ourselves as people and also as horse people you d you never come away from having a horse knowing less than what you did at the start no way and I think always when you when you look back I think it's just astounding like how far you come on these journeys definitely definitely whether whether it's you know whether it's ridden whether it's groundwork whether it's you know knowledge whether it's everything it's just a, it is a journey and a half yeah and I mean it's not all sunshine and roses it can be really challenging oh no definitely not dream and like Definitely it is not. it's the most it can be the most heartbreaking and difficult thing in the world but absolutely like, I just think the lessons that they teach you just you take into like every single aspect of your life I could not agree more could not agree um more. what do you think your biggest challenge has been in the work that you do there have been quite a few I would say definitely the first the biggest ones have been finding my own confidence and mm controlling my own anxiety because I am a super anxious person um and that was so magnified <laughs> with the horses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so definitely I mean this is why I'm also very good at coaching this because I have been through it myself so I yeah. have I ha I really understand deeply like how you can be terrified of your own horse how you can be super anxious when you're riding yeah I mean I, I get it because I've been through it and I've yeah. worked through it completely on my own mm -hmm. um and that was really 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 hard um mm -hmm. And I think that now I'm at a stage where owning owning that, like owning that I am an anxious rider, even though it's very rare that I get anxious when I'm on mm -hmm. a horse now, um, owning owning that part of it uh, mm -hmm. is kind of now my biggest strength going forwards. Mm -hmm. And then, well, I mean, finding my place even just within the industry is has yeah. not been easy I don't think that's easy for anybody really that comes into that comes into the industry especially when you don't come from horses definitely and it's it, it's hard and getting up after each set, setback you know with the same kind of I'm going to chase my dreams no matter what attitude has been has been hard there have been a lot yeah. of times when I've wanted to quit mm -hmm. where you know I've said to myself you know this is just too hard it's not worth it Mm -hmm. you know I'm not earning a living this is mm -hmm. it's just not it's not going to happen for me this is not what I'm meant to be doing 
Mm-hmm. And then I may be like in this frame of mind for about a week. And then, mm-hmm. you know, something happens, like maybe I have a really, really great session with a client or yeah. I have a really great lesson with my coach or, you know, even just something so small as, you know, one of my horses neighing at me when I arrive. Yeah. But something every single time has made me get back up and keep going. Yeah. Because ultimately this is just, this is the life that I love. This is who you it's are. The, it's the work that I love. It's who I am. And it, it's going to work out. Yeah. It I is, completely it, agree. Is, it, it is working out. It is totally. I think it, I've got, I've got a lot of things that I want to say <laughs> from what you just said. <laughs> um, I think personal insecurities, that's a huge, huge thing that we all like carry with us as professionals within the industry for sure and I think that particularly as young women that maybe didn't have horsey backgrounds those insecurities are amplified as you say because the voices that you kind of had around you during that sort of teenage time are often the loudest that still sort of remain in our head and you're like oh I didn't have I didn't have my own horse when I was growing up I yeah I, I didn't go to pony club or whatever I didn't yeah. do all of this you stuff didn't compete you didn't this you didn't that. exactly exactly yeah. and that insecurity even though intellectually you know you're like I know so much more now like I have so many experiences yeah you, you know all of that it's actually making that a feeling that you believe that's the challenge that allows you to yeah. then kind of project yourself to that next point in your career of course um, it, and, I mean it, I totally agree I totally agree it's yeah like that's definitely something that I can relate to and it is it's been it's it's a huge challenge and it is it's a never-ending challenge like it is yeah. something that you have to keep coming back and you have to keep doing like your own work on exactly I and I think I think also that life has a way of kind of showing you what your strengths are yeah and when I was about 13 I used to have crazy dreams about being an Olympic eventer uh-huh Right. This, that was what I wanted. I wanted to be an Olympic eventer. Yeah. Right. I am terrified of going cross country. Like <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> like it's just, that's, it's just not um, a discipline for me. Like mm-hmm. that's just, that's just the reality. And I have yeah. so much respect for eventers. Wink, wink, Katrina. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I mean, it's a discipline that I just think is amazing, but I, I mean, you know, small cross country, sure. I would have a go, but anything like gets substantial, no, especially not the size that you get at Olympic events. Yeah. Right. So I then evolved to wanting to be an Olympic dressage rider. Okay. And you so skipped my, the show I jumping phase. I skipped the show jumping phase, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I always had this idea of I want to be an Olympic rider. That is the level that I want to ride at. Mm-hmm. And my goal for myself, as I have grown and developed and, you know, found my way into coaching, mm-hmm. um, I I would like by the end of my life to ride at an Olympic level for myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I have found now that my, my path is not so much as a professional competitor at that level, yeah. but what I, I do want to do is coach high performance athletes yeah because coaching is has really been where I have just kind of come into my own yeah and I used to always say I never want to be a teacher I never want to be a teacher I never want to be a teacher well actually mm-hmm. this is where I feel the best yeah that's and so life, has, life has guided me that way and yeah you know I love working with your 
you know, your 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 happy hacker. And I love working with people who who go competing because that yeah. athlete mindset I find fascinating. Yep. And when you combine it also with the performance of the horse, mm-hmm. hey, you really get my gears going. <laughs> uh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, I can to- I totally I can see that for sure. I think there's something similar. I can relate to that what you're saying certainly because yeah, like thinking about it from my own perspective as well. Like I definitely had that same sort of mindset of like, oh, I really want to like compete. And now that I've been lucky enough to be in that situation for a few years where I have been able to go out and compete and do all of the things that I want to do. It's interesting how you have to develop a mindset to sort of endure being in that environment and being competitive. And what I've realized is that I thought I was a really competitive person and I actually don't think I am. I, d- I don't think that's what it's about because I yeah. I used it's not about being better than other people it's about being the best you that you can be and yeah, it's about finding true. it's about finding the lane that you can succeed in and that is yeah. right for you yeah totally and I think and yeah and I think that's a really interesting journey to go on because totally there's so many people that you see that are just all about what the results are what your what your score yeah. was whether or not you came home with a rosette and totally. it's just it's just so much bigger than that isn't it exactly i mean my my partner is um, a mounted games rider mm-hmm. and he he does international competitions and stuff as well mm-hmm. and he this summer he did the the world championships uh in and in, in individuals mm-hmm. so it was just him and his horse and obviously all the other riders but i mean he wasn't yeah. he, he wasn't like he wasn't riding in a team or anything and i just found it i was trying not to be too over overly analytical like from the psychology standpoint because <laughs> it's, it's not what he needed for me right um, everyone (laughs) exactly but his uh you know just his mindset when he's competing I just find just so so fascinating because he's been doing this now for uh since he was 18 he's 30 now so a long time and he's just so he's so calm now when he gets in the ring you know and he's just so focused and I just I'm always like observing him like this is how how this is so interesting like how does your brain work can you can you like what what's going through your mind right now and he's like nothing he's he's like are you not even a little bit nervous no wow okay (laughs) and I just I just love it you know because then you you see other people also you know getting in the ring who are like shaking and you know I'm not I'm not judging because um that's also I am still working on my mindset in these situations as well yeah. I just find it so interesting because like you said, you you there is a mindset to have mm-hmm. and it is something real to work on. And yeah. if you have control over that mindset, you have already done like half of the work. Yeah, for sure. And you You're can ha- actually enjoy the experiences that you have going on. Definitely. You know, e- even even if it's just loading your horse up and going to a training somewhere. Yeah having the discipline to do that exactly and to keep showing up and doing that time and time again yeah Yeah. so fascinating and yeah like like you've said obviously when you add the horse into that equation it it complicates it so much more because it's one thing being a sports psychologist for your regular athlete but you've essentially got to be a sports psychologist for two athletes when you're working exactly and that is so cool (laughs) yes definitely I love that I love that. My next question is, does your work put you under any pressure? And if so, how do you deal with it? Again, I feel like we've already sort of touched on this, but I'm interested to hear hear your take. Uh, so I, I would say that pressure is relative. Yes. Um, so I also I also think 
maybe slightly controversially, I don't know, that you can have a healthy relationship with pressure or at least develop a healthy relationship with pressure. I agree. It's definitely a a process. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that it's, it's possible to, 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 to work with pressure in a positive way. Agree. Having said that, there are definitely pressures that I feel on a, on a daily basis. I am getting better also with, with time and sadly age also, Mm. uh, at dealing with them. But, Mm. um, I mean, just, you know, getting from A to B, you know, being on time for your clients when there's mm-hmm. traffic on the road, when there's stuff that you haven't, you know, accounted for, mm-hmm. that 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 gets really, really like that is a real thing. It is yeah. so stressful. It is. <laughs> it's, isn't so, it? it's so stressful. It's it's actually awful. But I mean, that is, you know, as well. Like I have had many times in the car where I'm just getting so angry because yeah. I'm stuck on the motorway and I'm 15 minutes late for my client and yeah. there's literally nothing I can do about it. And I've had to just say to myself, well, there's nothing you can do. So just breathe and relax. Yeah, you're exactly where you're meant to be at this point in time. Exactly. There's, and there's a reason you know, that you're stuck th- in traffic. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. So just listen to your podcast or your music and just take these yep. 15 minutes to kind of decompress. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work every day, but no. uh, yeah. It's not it's not always as easy as that, but it's it's yeah. I think something as well like when you obviously work with horses and people and you're having to travel from a to b if you if you've got a busy day on the road it can be so difficult to leave your feelings in the car because what you have to then step onto a yard and you might be feeling slightly anxious about that even though you're a trained qualified insured wonderful professional but you still carry those insecurities with you as you maybe you're going to meet a new client and yeah. it can be really, really challenging to sort of park all of that and just yeah. put the person and the horse at the centre of what it is that you're doing. And that in yeah. itself takes practice. I mean, you know, there have been there have been times I don't need it so much anymore now because I've, you know, I've got more experience and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm older as well. But mm-hmm. there have been times where I have arrived somewhere uh late because, mm-hmm. you know, because previous maybe maybe even because a previous session didn't you know yeah. go very well or I had to yeah. go overtime yep. you know then there was traffic and yeah you know it has happened to me that I've arrived at my next client not feeling my best knowing yeah. that I can't I can't start the session from a good place and I've actually mm-hmm. just gone up to my client and said listen I'm not in a good space right now can you give me five minutes mm-hmm. I'll just you know I'll go and have a drink I'll just you know clear my head and then I'll come back and I'll be ready for you both and they've been yeah. like yeah no problem that's that's totally fine and I've actually found that being upfront and honest is much much better than trying to fight my way through the feelings yeah try and give the session anyway or even you know just it, it it doesn't go well when when I do no. that. When I'm when I'm honest and upfront, again, it's that authenticity I was talking about For before. Sure. You know, the horse feels it as well. The person yeah. feels it as well. Because a lot of times when I have actually pushed through and just not taken that time for myself, I've actually mm-hmm. had my clients stop their session and say to me, are you okay? Mm-hmm. So I actually have to also hold myself to the standard that I ask my clients to bring themselves. Yeah. And that's actually also a certain amount of pressure is actually being the person, you know, that I am training my clients to be also. Yeah. And holding yourself to the same standard. And ho- exactly. Holding myself to that same standard, holding myself accountable the way that I hold them accountable as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also, yeah, it's a, it, it's a process. Um, mm-hmm. that you 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 learn and you figure out what works best and you have to make mistakes also to see what works best Definitely. and I mean I have made 
all of the mistakes you know I've been in horses now since since I turned 20 so almost all of my 20s because I'm mm-hmm. 29 in October mm-hmm. um I've had two burnouts in my 20s you know the the classic kind of yeah grind yeah. culture you know where you have to to make it in horses you have to work from 8 a.m to, to 8 p.m you have to be out in the cold you have to you know you have to work yourself to the bone you have to you have mm-hmm. to cry you have to sweat you have to bleed you have to this you have to I've yeah. done it I have done it all mm-hmm. um yeah I mean I'm turning 29 in three weeks mm-hmm. and I've had two burnouts mm-hmm. like full-on full-on serious full emotional professional burnouts yeah just because you know I have not learned well I mean I learned quickly but I you know I wasn't <laughs> able at the beginning to to be like okay well I'm not feeling great today so I actually can't show up for you yeah or you know pushing through a session even though I've just I am exhausted mm-hmm. you know and then doing a bad session mm-hmm. there have been times when you know I've called a client it, it happens very 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 rarely mm-hmm. but I do do that now when I can feel myself getting to a point of exhaustion where I know that I just can't provide the quality of service that I usually do mm-hmm. that it's actually not worth it long term no it's not for me, to sh- for me to show up and and you know maybe not work the horse properly um make a mistake in terms of being impatient or, or any of this kind of stuff yeah. I prefer to call my client and say listen I'm really sorry I prefer to not give you my service today because I know that it's not going to be the quality that I can usually provide mm-hmm. I'm going to take a day for myself and I'll be back tomorrow mm-hmm. and uh and every single time I've done that the clients have have all been amazing you know they've mm-hmm. You know, no problem. Take that time for yourself. We'll see you tomorrow. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But again, wins it's developing, in that situation. Ex- exactly. It's developing that that confidence as well to be like, listen, this is the quality of, of service I usually provide. Today, yeah. for you know, whatever reason, there's been an accumulation of stuff in my life. Today I'm mm-hmm. not at my best. I can't give you that service. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to. I'm gonna save myself to to come better next time. Yeah. Uh, sure. and, and people have been really appreciative of that. And it means that I have also been able to look after myself at points when I've really, really needed to. Yeah, I think that's a really important like point to share because it's so easy when you're in horses, you're like, I've got to take all the business that I can get because I don't know yeah. if it'll be a long tomorrow. But exactly. actually but actually being able to turn around and say, I'm not in a space to give you the service that you deserve and that you're going to pay for today from me yeah, yeah. that's that's it's a really empowering thing to be able to do for yourself but also for your clients and okay. I think something as well sort of, sort of related but a bit of a, a stretch is that you will find the clients that you want to work with when you tell them that because yeah. if someone doesn't understand that then that's not the kind of client that you want to be working with yeah and I mean that's that, exa- that's exactly that's exactly right because ultimately you know courses are a life journey yeah and you know people generally want me around for quite a while yeah so you know there have been times in in my life like these last few years in particular have been so awful and so mm-hmm. hard on so many levels and I've had mm-hmm. to a few times say to my clients listen guys I'm so sorry mm-hmm. like I need to take a week for myself because I am just I'm gonna collapse too much life <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I literally, if I, if I don't take some time for myself, I am going to collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I've had to share a lot of my personal life with my clients these last few years because it's just been mm-hmm. like literally undeniable. Like I know that I have been showing up and it's, it's like written on my face that mm-hmm. things are falling apart for me, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have being able to actually say to them, listen, like I, I'm only just 
keeping my head above water. So, you know, I, I don't have the energy or the space to answer the messages the way I usually do, or I might be yeah. shorter in my answers. Like it's not personal. It's just, yeah. this is all I'm capable of doing right now. Yeah. Um, but they honestly have been amazing because they, they, they know that the heart is there and they know mm-hmm. also that in taking that, that step back in looking after myself and mm-hmm. taking a little bit of space, I come back stronger. For sure. You know, and I, I always work with them to, to, so they're not, you know, fluttering in the wild on their own. Like they know that I'm still there, but yeah, I'm just taking a step back. And, but learning, learning to do that has been so important because long, longevity with your clients is, is really yeah. important. Yeah. 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 And, it's and a, that is being honest. Yeah. And it's a key like survivability technique exactly. for the horse industry. Like you can't, you can't last in this world if you don't have the ability to look after yourself basically you have to you have exactly. to know yourself so so well in order exactly. to succeed and to put yourself in situations where you where you can succeed that's exactly that's- and also because we can't lie like horse riding is dangerous you know so if mm-hmm. you're if you're training a horse that's difficult or even even if you're coaching yeah there are signs if you miss those signs they, that can be really bad yeah it can yeah. be really bad. And I, f- I feel, you know, a degree of responsibility when I have someone in, in the arena that's riding under my supervision. Because sure. I know that if, if I, if I miss the slightest thing, yeah, you know, there could be, there could be an accident. Yeah. You know, if and I'm on to- if I'm not on top of my game. Yeah. And even if you do see something, there's, I don't know if there's, there's times that you're like, sometimes you have to take the risk and sometimes you know that the risk can't be taken and that's a decision that you have to make like in that sort of split second and that isn't something that comes overnight that knowledge but it is something that you have to trust that you have the speed of reaction to do that and if you're not feeling sharp in yourself then you maybe can't react to something as quickly as you exactly exactly and I think it's it's important to 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 talk about security as well my clients will be laughing as well if they're listening to this because <laughs> I'm going on and on and on about safety all the time yeah and I think that part part of it is just being realistic with the fact that you know this is a dangerous sport for sure even if you it, you know even if you do only groundwork or, or, or flat work like they're, they're still they're massive animals they're flying wrong so quickly exactly it can happen so fast in the blink of an eye even when you're feeling great yeah but when you're feeling sluggish when you know you're close to collapsing I feel like it's um, my responsibility, you know, to to look out for myself, to look out for the horse, to look out for the client. Mm, definitely. But I have learned that the hard way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah. Which, l- lovely segue into my next question. What do you think the most important lesson is that we can learn from horses? <laughs> oh, man. There are so many. There's so many, isn't there? There are so many. But I think, yeah, I think the, the the biggest one is definitely to tune into ourselves. Yes, completely. And there, there, there are so many others, like, you know, learning to be cooperative, being clear, being reconnected, mm-hmm. you know, connected even to what makes us human, mm-hmm. you know, feeling, emotion, love, all of these things. But the, mm-hmm. I think there are two that take the, the cherry on the cake or take the candle. What's the expression? I can't remember. I can't, I can't think. I can't remember. But I, <laughs> Too late at night. <laughs> yeah. But definitely, I think that the the top two is tuning into ourselves and also being in the present moment. Yes, very, very, very true. Being in the present and just being able to take the time to be like, this is this is where I'm meant to be right now. It was it's funny, actually, you should say that I was in the field the other night and 
um it's the time of year where gypsy likes to come in so like i can call her and she'll come trotting over to me and both her and bella came trotting across the field to me last night and i was like this this is why this feeling this is why like this is my family this is my little unit like i love these creatures so much and it's just it's ridiculous isn't it like in moments like that you're just like this is everything i mean it honestly gets to a point where your heart just feels like it's going to explode honestly there have been moments like you literally like you just described where I literally have like my eyes just well up with tears and it's it's (laughs) just like yeah it's just like you know it's amazing what they bring us Mm -hmm. it's just incredible yeah so the last thing that I always ask people is how have horses changed your life and (laughs) I think everyone has responded in pretty much the same way which is just everything like horses are everything (laughs) yeah I mean, that's pretty much what I'm going to say as well. I mean, <laughs> I, li- I li- literally, literally would not be the person I am today without them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I wrestle with myself sometimes and often, <laughs> like mm-hmm. all of us, but I, you know, I like myself and yeah. I respect myself. Yeah. And that is thanks to each and every horse that has crossed my path and yeah. my horses in particular. Yeah. And I think you- that is the, the greatest gift that they have given me for sure like you come to know yourself so well don't you as a result of every single horse that you meet because they show you the best and the worst parts of yourself yeah I think if you have the courage to face the darkest parts of yourself because they will always be reflected at you in this Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. if you have the courage to look at look look yourself in the eye Mm -hmm. be like okay I see you I don't like you right now let's fix this (laughs) let's never see you again (laughs) exactly if you come out if you come if you're willing to do that and you come out the other side um you know hats off to you yeah and definitely they have they have done that for me as well and I have because just because I love them so much Mm -hmm. you know I've been like okay I will sit down with my demons and I will work this out and Mm -hmm. as a result I have gotten to a place where yeah I like I like me you know I mm-hmm. respect me and mm-hmm. I'm proud of me mm-hmm. and if and you- I had said this to 18 year old Nadia she would be like what are you talking about we don't like <laughs> you we no, no we don't like me <laughs> the Nadia that I met at the psychology social <laughs> yes <laughs> well you may you liked you maybe liked her but uh you know I mean it's a it's a journey yeah it's a for journey. sure for sure um that has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing everything and for being. Thank you for having so, me. It's been really cool. So open and honest. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you feel like you want to share or to talk about? Uh, I think probably, I think I would say if anybody listening is thinking about working with horses, because I have had this question a few times mm-hmm. in my career path, like how do I know if I want to do this? Mm-hmm. I would say just get as much experience you can as you can like even if it's yeah. free yeah you know but you have to figure out whether you love it or not because if you don't yeah. love it you shouldn't do it yeah for sure it's and not something that you can kind of force your way through if you don't have the passion and the drive you know and the desire to it's not going to work and also I highly recommend I should have done this so much longer ago <sighs> start treating yourself as a business from day one please yes. it will avoid you two burnouts yes <laughs> you are worth being paid for your time effort knowledge <laughs> yes, qualifications exactly. education exactly exactly yes. so Absolutely. Def- that's definitely definitely the two pieces of that's advice that i would give 
very good advice and it's it's so true isn't it just getting any any and all experience you can anything that any time that you can spend with a horse is valid time there's no such thing as yeah. a waste of a wasted experience like you can learn something from every yard that you've gone on whether that is a good yeah. yard or a bad yard and yeah definitely and qualifications and studying yeah is, absolutely it I think it's something within the horse industry that it's it's quite a challenge sometimes to find the right sort of study option yeah but I think sure. finding something that gives you the structure to your knowledge is key and I think it's interesting that you touched on the online masters that you did because yeah. like I think that that sort of thing it's it's such a well-rounded qualification you've made it into something because you you've turned everything that you've learned into something practical which can be the hard part of yeah of kind of finding your place I think um, that's kind of the two the two extremes that you have in this industry like you have the you, you can have people that have like kind of only the practical and then people yeah. that have only the theoretical yeah but like the, the the practical is not enough because you you have to have the 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 science behind it nowadays yeah. like we're, we're you know we're in the 21st century it's time to stop keeping horses uh stalled 24 7 like it just that is not it's not okay it's not okay yeah, yeah. um and then also on the theoretical side you can have all of the theory you know you can have all of the okay if a horse does this you know this is why and x and z and you can have all of the you know the, the, the pathways written on your paper but when the horse is in yeah. front of you sometimes that paper has to go to the bin yeah, absolutely. Because there's things that you'll encounter in the real world that you'll never read about in a textbook. Exactly. And there's things that you'll read in a textbook that you'll literally never encounter in the real world. And exactly. So you have you have to have both. Yeah. I think that, you know, there is a lot to be done in the industry to 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 move that forward. So we have actually sure. like super well rounded professionals that are, mm -hmm. you know, based on science, based on research, based on, mm -hmm. you know, real welfare needs for your horse, but mm -hmm. who also have all of that practical experience in order to mm. actually go out and do good yeah because I think it's about being able to give the the practical experience structure and being able to articulate exactly. it because you'll meet some you you meet some like incredible old old-fashioned horse people that know horses inside yeah. and out and you can tell how much knowledge they have but it's almost yeah. like it's almost like stuck within them because yeah, it's not got the the way to like articulate it almost, and so I think the the beauty of kind of of studying it is it gives you the language that you need exactly. to be able to share it and be able to talk about it in the way that we have today to kind of help people yeah. understand. I guess. Yeah, I agree. Um, this I has agree. been so so cool. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. A real pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. I think that listening to someone like Nadia, who is obviously so well educated and has so much experience in what she does, talk about her experiences of working with just riders of all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, horses of all different ages, stages and experience. It's such a useful thing as a horse person or as someone who's interested in horses just to get an insight into both what the world of being 
being a professional is like in the horse industry but also what it's like just having a relationship with a horse it's not something that you can necessarily fully understand unless you know someone or can listen to conversations like that and part of the reason that I'm doing this is because I just believe it's so important to kind of share the wonder I guess of um, how that relationship works and the magnitude of how that relationship can be to experience and obviously as you have learned through listening to that whole conversation both Nadia and I come from a psychology background and so looking at it through that sort of lens is something that I I love to explore and I love to talk about. I really really hope you enjoyed listening to that. One of the reasons that I am obviously doing this podcast is to share the share, share inspiring stories like Nadia and just demonstrate the diversity that exists within the horse industry. Hopefully provide some inspiration for people listening if they're interested in working with horses but they're not quite sure what to do demonstrate that you don't necessarily have to go and do an undergraduate degree in something immediately horsey in order to go on and work with horses you know a career working with horses is something that is built through both experience and qualifications just having a certain attitude and openness to whatever it is that you want to experience and I think like Nadia was saying being in tune enough with yourself to know what it is that your skill set is and what your area of expertise is as well that helps you find the right path for you. The work of Equine Qualifications UK, which is a community interest company that I have set up, aims to widen access to grassroots equestrian sport and also provide career and sponsorship type opportunities to those who may otherwise struggle to access the industry or access the sport. It operates on the basis of using the profit generating model of social enterprise. So once I have the website up and running, that website will generate revenue, which can be reinvested into lots of different activities, which mean that I hope the next time someone tells me that they can't afford to go riding or they can't afford to spend time around horses or they can't afford to do that thing that would further their career working with horses that would not only benefit them as an individual but also benefit the industry too there'll be something that can be done about that because I think one of the biggest I guess crimes that exists within the horse industry is the fact that so often we lose passion, knowledge, skills, experience, dedication through a lack of means. And that's something that I believe can be tackled through something a little bit different coming along, like an advertising agency that offers education opportunities and marketing type tools to education providers and doing some good with the money that that generates. So that's that's the vision that I'm working towards. If you believe in that, if that's something that you would love to support, I would really, really appreciate it if you would download the podcast, share this podcast with anyone that you think would be interested. Follow Equine Qualifications UK or EQ UK on social media platforms. I have finally got around to making them all. So there's Instagram, there's Threads, there's Twitter, there's TikTok, there's Facebook, whatever, whatever one floats your boat, whatever, any and all, just follow whatever, whatever ones you have. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. <laughs>